0: Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Brian Lewis takes, well, a shot in the dark. So this time last year, I had consecutively the worst case of the Mondays in history. It all starts with Monday, January 26th of last year. Uh, The girl that I had been seeing, very, very briefly, um... We split up, and it was pretty amicable, and, and we're actually pretty close. But it's always a kind of a bummer when you know the person you're, you and the person you're seeing, do what Gwyneth Paltrow describes as conscious uncoupling. So, the following Monday, I lose my job, and it was a job that I put so much faith in myself. And Stocking is going to completely change my lifestyle and my career. And it was going to let me have more financial independence And it was going to let me c- c- Concentrate fully on comedy And you know uh, It was going to give me a chance to like kind of move And, and get out of here and, and do what I really Wanted to do which is just tell jokes for the rest of my life And uh, so it was kind of A crushing blow when I when I got let go And, and I felt really defeated And, and uh, Very sad and, and before then I was, was working multiple jobs And one of those jobs was delivering pizzas For Domino's and I always hated that job, and and I was kind of embarrassed to work there. Not because I looked down on that profession at all, but for me, it just felt dirty. Like I made sure I worked at a location that I didn't see anybody I knew, because I was just kind of ashamed of it, you know. And and it was the only corporate job I've ever had. I've always worked for independent businesses, and and uh, I had on a leave of absence. I hadn't officially quit yet um, when I switched over to the new job that I just got let go from so they were nice enough to put me back on the schedule full time and, and so I kind of went back with my tail between my legs and which brings us to the the third Monday in this uh, succession of Mondays which is my first shift back there in a while which is Monday, February ninth, and I'm there just phoning it in and just miserable and hating life and, and um, at around 7.45pm I get a delivery to a place that I've gone to dozens of times over the the months that I work there and I didn't think anything of it and about eight o'clock I give them their pizza and they sign for the the credit card receipt and I'm walking back to my car and from out of the shadows which sounds like a movie cliche but that's exactly how it happened uh, I was approached by a kid wearing all black and a hoodie on and the hood was up and from out of his hoodie pocket he pulls out a gun and he holds it to my head and he says give me the fucking money they just gave you and in that moment like I'm not trying to sound cool, but I was completely calm. I don't know if it's because of my general like sense of nihilism that I carry around with me all the time. Or just, I, I don't know if that's a natural reaction. You know? So, I was like, are you serious? And he said, yeah, I'm fucking serious. Give him the fucking money. And he's just getting angrier. And I was like, dude, there's no money. They paid with a credit card, man. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I have no money right now. <laughs> And he's just—he's like, are you fucking serious? I said, yeah, I'm fucking serious. He starts patting me down, and he's just getting angry because I, I can see like the defeat, this anger and defeat in his eyes, you know? And so he pats me down. He goes behind me and pats down my back pockets, and then he's like, I'm going to fucking shoot your ass. And then I had to give him all the credit for being a man of his word because the next thing he did was shoot me in the fucking ass. So, and it was just a loud bang, and then I... I, I don't know if you've ever been shot before, but it feels like you get kicked really hard, like 300 style. And, and I, uh, I turned around and then I turned in this weird amalgamation of like Bernie Mac and Jerry Seinfeld. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm just screaming at this kid, Right. But this kid had already taken off. He was already gone. He turned into fucking Jesse Owens as if that gunshot was like the starting pistol to a race that I had no idea was going on. And so then I turn around and I realize that I'm absolutely alone right now. It's 8 p.m. on like the darkest Monday night I've ever experienced in my life. Like an Edgar Allan Poe wet dream. That's how dark it is outside. So the only thing I can do is walk back to my car and when I say walk I mean hobble back to my car and I get in my car and my phone which had been having problems just decided not to work at all because I live in a fucking horror movie apparently (laughs) so my best course of action is to drive back to the shop so I drive to the store I pull up I say hey I've been shot can I go home please (laughs) turns out you can't so they had to call a bunch of, you know, all the, author- the proper authorities and everything, and, and I had to, I still had to check out. Like, I should be able to keep that money, you know? I've earned it. So I'm, like, I'm in the back room, and I'm kind of really embarrassed, but I'm cracking jokes, and, and I'm, I'm just overly upbeat and cynical about it because that's just how who I am as a person. And I don't want anyone to, fe- like, feel worried about me or, like, bad or anything. So I'm just making jokes and having fun. And so the ambulance shows up, and they give me the worst medical attention I've ever been given in my life and they just shine a flashlight in my back hole which is not very, it's not very bloody so it doesn't seem like a big deal you know because they just shine the flashlight and they go eh, you seem fine I don't think there's a bullet in there I think you're fine okay do you want, you, you want any more medical attention I guess not I guess I'm good so, and then, so they leave and that cost $75 by the way Uh, So I'm there and then the cops show up and I give them my Deposition and then by the time I give the deposition To the detectives it's an hour And a half after the incident happens and That's the moment I realize I can't walk Anymore I really need to go To the doctor so the First thing I do I drive myself there because I don't want To call the ambulance back so I drive myself to the Urgent care which is right down the street and of course they're Closed by that point so the, the only place I can go, the closest place I can go is Japal Medical Center off Granby Street. So I drive myself there and go to the emergency room. And their emergency room door is on an incline, which if you only have one leg is really fun. So I get in there and I tell them I've been shot. And, and it was a really full emergency room, but I give them all the credit in the world. They, they saw me within five to 10 minutes. And I used that five to 10 minutes to sit in the lobby and post about it on Facebook. <laughs> Mainly because I didn't want to tell anybody like, I didn't want to tell my friends and then have to have the conversation 20 times with 20 different people. So this is a way for me to tell everybody at the same time and also make a joke and make a light of it so nobody thinks anything bad happened. So I do that. And of course, my one of my best friends calls me immediately, like a minute after I post it. And I tell them everything's fine. And then my parents call. And my parents won't take no for an answer that I'm fine and like not to come up here. Like, seriously, I'm fine. I've just been shot. It's no big deal. <laughs> people get shot all the time. So, and then... At some point, I, I don't know how long into the, the emergency room visit, um, I'm getting an MRI, or, or a CT scan done. And they give you that liquid that makes your whole body warm so your like, organs glow or whatever. I'm not a doctor. Um, but when I'm getting rolled back there, that liquid just kind of taking over my body, I feel really calm and numb. But then that's, that's when reality kicked in. you know. And I jokingly said I got shot in the ass, but really I got shot in the lower back. And a couple inches to the left, I don't know if I'd be walking anymore. And I just got fucking shot. And I'm... And I kind of... I'm okay? So it was just kind of like everything came all at once during that in that CT scan. And, and uh, I get uh, discharged at 3.30 a.m. Um, my mom drives me home and my dad drives my car home. And when I say home, I mean their home because I live on the third floor and I can't walk let alone upstairs. So... I have to go stay with my parents for an indeterminate amount of time, which, if there's anything worse than getting shot until they to live with your parents again in your 30s. So, over the next couple days, my dad has to help me put on, like, underwear and pants and shoes, and it's really humbling and degrading, and, um, I'm very grateful for my parents taking care of me, but I'd still rather be shot again. But, um... <laughs> And I, I start to like really get determined that I'm not going to let this beat me. As soon as I can get out of this chair, I'm going to start walking again because walking is one of my favorite things in the world to do. Most people see me walking around again all the time. Like they know me. It's like, oh, that guy's always going I like to walk. I try to walk like five miles a day. You'd think I'd be in better shape, but I'm not. Um, so I get really determined to not let this beat me. So three days go by, and I get the strength to get out of the chair and drive to public house, which is the bar I go to all the time, because I needed, like, a sense of, like, t- t- like familiarity, you know? I needed, I needed something that's mine, like, my surroundings, and and I went there, and I didn't drink because I was still on Percocet, because Percocet is great. So, but I hung out with my friends, it was nice, and a couple of my ex-girlfriends came out, and, like, your ex-girlfriends come out of the woodworks when you get shot, like, I don't know if it's because they're so happy, they just want to see for themselves that you've been shot, but... Yeah, they came out and took good care of me too, like way better than when we were dating. So, and then I told myself the next day, you're gonna go home. You're gonna you're gonna get the strength. You're gonna walk up three flights of stairs. You're gonna go to your apartment, and then you're gonna fucking stay there for a while. So the next day I did. On Friday I walked up all like the three flights of stairs in my apartment. I got home and I hit that bed and I slept like a motherfucker that night. And I didn't leave my apartment again until late the next day. And I told myself, go down the stairs. Go for a walk. And I walked the f- more than I've ever walked in my entire life that day because that was my fuck you to the world, you know? Like, you're not going to beat me. And and every day, I, I, you know, it got easier for me to walk. I stopped taking Percocet as soon as I didn't have to. Um, and it was relatively okay physically after a couple of days. I went back to work seven days afterwards and got a new job doing the same thing I got fired for. So... and. Everything was relatively okay until a month afterwards. I was out for a walk and, at night, and all of a sudden, I can't move my legs. And then my head starts spinning, and I'm having an anxiety attack, and I have this <laughs> flashback of that guy holding a gun to my head, but this time he pulls the trigger, you know? So I'm, like, freaking out, and I'm, I almost had to call my be- one of my best friends, James, to come walk with me because I, I just I couldn't move. And... But I collected myself, and I said, don't do that. You're not going to let this defeat you. You're, you're like, this, is, this isn't it. You know? You're not going to have this taken away from you. Get your shit together, pick up your foot, and fucking put it forward. And I did. And I walked down to the bar and had a couple drinks, <laughs> because I needed it then. And I walked home, and it was great, and I was really proud of myself. And, and so after a month, really, I was mentally and physically pretty much okay. And a lot of people during that month came up to me and they were really nice and very supportive and caring and they were all cursing that kid who shot me and they're like, fuck that kid or I wish ill on that kid. I don't and I didn't. And I'm not trying to sound like otherworldly or like more evolved, but like I guess I understood him in a way. Like there he was trying this new career option that's going to change his life. And the first, his first foray into it, he fails miserably. Like... Not only did he not get any money That bullet cost money So financially I came out on top in that transaction So so I I kind of feel bad for that kid I still kind of do Like I hope that he gets his life together He feels like he'll have to rob people Because the next person he shoots Probably isn't going to be so nice And I try to walk off getting shot I don't know if that makes me a badass or a dumbass Maybe it's somewhere in the middle Maybe I'm just an ass If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just join us for a show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more storyteller podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.